Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia Hyatt also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in your relationships as well as artfully handling life's challenges. Find her online at CynthiaHyatt.com and make sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, Cynthia Hyatt. Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I hope that your week has been better. We have some changes that are maybe for the positive and some that are not so positive. So we are still kind of struggling um, this whole entire year with just lots of upset in our world and especially now in our nation. And so I wanted to talk to to you today about feelings because this is um, part of one of the problems that we're having at the moment. And I'm wanting to encourage each and every one of you to really show up as an adult and really, you know, show up as a grown-up, as the saying goes. And for lots of really good reasons, and I'm going to explain why living as a grown-up in a grown-up world or in an adult world is much easier, much softer way to live, a lot less complicated. And so I want you to think of, I want you to hear this one saying that I, ah, I think God gave this to me probably 10, 15 years ago. And just this axiom that says feelings are very real, but not always true. And if that's the only thing you get from today, you'll be ahead of the game. Because we have this tendency to bandy around the word truth and your truth and my truth, not understanding that we're in some ways misusing that word. What we can say is what's really real for us. But see, truth never changes. Truth is always truth. So if it's true today and it's really true, it will be true tomorrow. But if it's real today, it may not be the same tomorrow. And so if I base my feelings on what is real versus what is true, I'm going to be pulled all over the planet. I'm going to be pulled all over the place. So I'm going to give you an example. And um, I've worked with eating disordered people a great majority of my career. And what we do know about people that are struggling with eating disorders is they have this quote-unquote feeling of fat. And truly, fat is not really a feeling, okay? It's probably anxiety, it's probably sadness, it's fear, it's upset, it's anger. But the feeling is so real to them, they actually think it's true. And they will almost die because of believing something false. So part of the whole therapy with people that have eating disorders is trying to get them out of that, that concept of, of that way of thinking that says, I feel fat, therefore it's true, so I'm going to either throw up all my food, restrict my food, over-exercise, whatever it may be, so that I can capture some feeling that I'm chasing, some feeling that I don't seem to have, that I look and I think other people have this feeling, and I want that feeling. And so what you have to understand is that feelings aren't out there to acquire. Feelings are us. A lot of our feelings have to do with our own personality, our own upbringing, our own identity, our own idiosyncrasies and uniqueness. And so when you think about this idea that feelings are very real but not always true, there are many things right now that are very real 
But we as adults have to really ask God for help in discerning what is true. Because if we simply make decisions based on what is real, we may not like the outcome. And it may not be the best decision. As with the person that struggles with an eating disorder, I can have them sit right in front of me in a chair in front of in my office saying to me, they feel so fat and they might weigh 98 pounds. But the feeling is so real to them, they believe it as truth and therefore make all their decisions based on what they think is true versus what is actually a feeling made by all kinds of things that have occurred in their life. And so when we think about this, I want you to think about this, this idea that, that this saying I came across, it's in a statement, it's a statement in a book, um, from called, a book called Understanding People. And it says, life in a fallen world means that pain is inevitable. Life in a fallen world means pain is inevitable. So our country was founded on very brave people, and they took huge risks. And they did what the rest of the world thought might be impossible. And they were very heroic. I'm not saying they were perfect. My goodness, there's lots of things that happened in the inception of our country that we're ashamed of, and we should be. And so, of course, we had our problems, but I, I fear that we've lost some of the heroism of really being a grown-up and trying to change actually things that can be changed and be able to tolerate things that are not necessarily changeable and being able to know the difference. And so I, I want you to think about this, this issue that we have had, and I've talked about this. It isn't just because of the current circumstances that I'm talking about it. I've talked about it for 30 years <laughs> in my practice and on this show. And that's that Americans seem to be more interested in avoiding pain at all costs because they really don't like unpleasant feelings. Now, I'm one of them, but I have found that in order really to be the best version of me, the person that God has really truly created me to be, I have to be and must be fully human. And one of the most basic things about humans is that they feel. And one of the things that I find is very prevalent in my practice is that not only do we want to have pleasant feelings all the time, but we now feel entitled to having good feelings. That somehow we should be happy all the time. And not only that, somehow we're not even responsible for our own happiness. That our happiness is somewhere out there that somebody's going to give us or someone has taken from us. And I want you to understand that I say this with all compassion because I've had to contend with this in my own life. That this is how little children are. This is why we protect children from the world because the world is a very harsh place. We don't want little children running around without good caregivers taking care of them. And my fear is we are not taking care of ourselves. We're not taking care of the little person inside of us. We are hoping that somebody out there is going to do that for us. None of us had perfect parenting. None of us had the parents that we needed necessarily or wanted. And so the beautiful thing about growing up, this is one of the most beautiful things God gave us, was that we only had to be with our parents really until about the age of 12 or 16. <laughs> okay, now in America, and I'm glad that it's 18, 19, and 20, because we know the brain doesn't fully come online until 24. But truly, the age of accountability was 12. And so God knew that we were going to be raised by mistake-making people. And he knew that we were in a world that was quite dangerous. You have to remember, it killed him. And so we're, as parents, wanting to protect our children 
from things that are beyond their capacity to manage and to handle. And we're wanting them to grow up to be strong enough to be out in this dangerous world that has some really good things too, of course. But we want them to be able to tolerate how confusing and difficult this world is and being able to make the changes that need to be made and accept the things that cannot change. Now, I think in most ways, accepting what cannot be changed is really, really important. However, it's even more important to change the things that should be changed. It's extremely important to know the difference. And so when we are sending out the youngest version of ourselves out into the world and we're hoping that the world takes care of us, we will most likely be harmed. And one of the things that we want to understand is that it isn't black and white. See, whenever you see this black and white thinking, you have to understand it's a very young part of our brain that thinks that way. Because as we grow up, we understand as an adult, very, very few things are black and white. Everything is pretty much shades of gray. And we have to be able to tolerate that, that not everything is going to fit together down here. That we may do one thing right, and what happens is the, the, the result of it also might be that some things aren't right. Or we may be doing the right thing, but doing the right thing creates a ton of pain. And we have to be brave enough to continue through the pain, to make sure that the pain that we're enduring is actually creating the change that we want. Because sometimes if we don't make the changes correctly, we get more problems, don't we? If we have unrealistic expectations, we'll, we'll lose sight of the goal. We'll become disheartened. And we may do the all or nothing thing of saying, well, it's not going to work, so I'm going to throw it all out. I'm going to walk away. And this is why it's so important that we understand what's going on in ourselves so that we as an individual that has autonomy can at least do this ourselves. So that even if the majority of the people are not, we are at least contributing health, prosperity, hope to the world that we live in. You see, we're so afraid of feeling anything other than good. And somehow, others have become responsible for our feelings of contentment and security and well-being and esteem. And if we don't have the emotions that we want to, want to have, then we feel like we can't even experience our life correctly or make correct decisions. And so we just want to feel good all the time. And I, and I say to clients day in and day out, as I say to myself, that's heaven. <laughs> and, and this is not. This is not heaven down here. This is as close to hell as some of us are going to ever get. Unfortunately, for some people, this is the closest to heaven they're ever going to get. So we can't necessarily control what our initial feeling is. But we do have the ability to have self-control with the feeling that occurred. Seriously, if I, if I could choose my feelings, I would be happy all the time, right? So my feelings are like the indicator, you know, the indicator lights on the dashboard of my car. What is the feeling telling me? And am I going to react to it, respond to it, or ignore it? And I'll tell you the truth. One of the best things I've ever learned in my life was to ignore some feelings that I have because they're just not productive. They're not helping me. That they may be coming from a, part of, a very selfish part of me. 
a very immature part of me, a very, I don't know, unrealistic part of me. But I have to be adult enough to recognize that. And then there are some feelings that I have that there's nothing I can do about them. I have to let them run their course. And I may just be sad about a certain event for the rest of my life. It doesn't mean that it's as it was when it occurred. It means that I have things in my life I can think back on that are very sad to me, but they are not determining my future anymore. And this is really important when we recognize how God made us. He made us as highly emotional creatures. That's what mammals are. We see this in all red-blooded mammals. That's why we love our, our pets, because they have emotions. And, and this is the way God has designed people, was to have emotions. And it wasn't so that we would just have pain. It wasn't so that our, our emotions were going to kill us or something. Even though I really can resonate with that thought that maybe my emotions might want to, might be killing me at some point. We've all felt that. And we have to recognize that one of the things that we are doing as adults is we are making adult decisions that may be painful and that are never going to be perfect. Sometimes we just have to do what's good enough. And our feelings, you have to understand that although we can't choose all, our, all of our feelings, we can choose behaviors that create more good feelings for ourselves. We can choose the way we think to create better feelings for ourselves. And this is what we really want to talk about today, is controlling what I do about a feeling, not necessarily always trying to control a feeling. But how do I think about the feeling? What do I want to act on? How do I want to act? What do I want to decide about this feeling? And how do I want to walk it out? This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about feelings. And wow, are they real. Welcome back. You're listening to Cynthia Hyatt. And this is Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for joining me today. And I really appreciate you listening to all the podcasts and the different and the shows and showing up on social media and supporting what we're doing. And I love it when you email me or you t or text me. You can also, you know, contact me through social media. Let me know really what what is helping, what is not. And, got, and, and if you're wanting me to talk about something in particular, I love to tailor make, you know, information and, and talks for particular people, for particular groups. So I certainly want to be able to address what's going on in your life and how I can help that. So we are talking today about emotions, about feelings. And I started out with telling you again, and I'm going to say it every time we start in each segment of this show, feelings are very real. They are not always true. And if we believe our feelings that are so real to be true, Many times we act on feelings in an inappropriate manner and we wish we wouldn't have. You know, we jump the gun. We make an assumption. And so it's important that we recognize that feelings are just a part of being human. And they are wonderful if we know how to manage them. But they, they are difficult to manage. And it doesn't matter your age. It, it, it's always one of those things that is fluid that requires some ability, some effort, talent maybe, I'm not sure. But I want you to remember that, that life in a fallen world means that pain is inevitable. And, and, and I, if you are having an idea that somehow, some way, it's all going to get fixed down here, 
I want you to, to understand that uh, while that's a great idea, and I love the idea, that really isn't true. And so what we're trying to do is get better. I don't think we're going to necessarily ever arrive. And that is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. So I want you to think about how little children think versus how adults think. And I don't want us as adults to be dark in our thinking or fatalistic or pessimistic or never let ourselves hope and dream and see wonderful, good, beautiful things continue to happen in a fallen world. But we need to be realistic about the fact that we are dealing with a ton of people that have a ton of problems, that have a lot of pain, that no one is perfect, and really, truly, I can tell you the majority of people are probably really good. They're trying. They're trying really hard. And there are different factions of people that maybe have motives that even appear good and maybe are very malevolent. Maybe there are people that have what appear to be malevolent intentions, and actually, maybe they're very good. But it takes an adult to figure that out. So we're talking about being fully human and being an adult. Because this is imperative that we understand. We protect children from the world. We don't protect adults from the world. We do protect children. They're not equipped yet. They're not fully online. They don't have enough life experience. It's child abuse to ask and require that a child act as an adult and do adult things when they are a child. This is when, you know, Child Protective Services intervenes, if we have an eight-year-old that's taking care of the family. So we don't want little children doing adult things. So what I want you to understand is part of growing up means I'm not asking the, the, the younger part, the little kid inside of me, that little child that everybody has that goes to God. I'm not requiring that little child, that, 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 that childlike part of me address adult problems. That's self-abuse. And so it's important that I really work on growing up and being an adult that says, you know, there are some things that are just going to be. And I don't know if they're going to get fixed. I can still be happy in spite of that. Because I'm not depending on the external world for all my good feelings. That's what children do. That does not mean we don't need to change things in our world. We do. But that's what adults are supposed to do. And we want to do it in an adult way. Because we have more power, we have more authority, and we actually get more respect when we do it as an adult. And th this is hard. You know, I, the stuff I'm talking about can feel kind of nebulous, sound kind of nebulous. But I'm really talking from a position as truly as a therapist that one of the things that I have committed my life's work to is growing people up. I had to experience it myself. Uh, my goodness, when I really finally grew up, I realized how much nicer the world was. When I was doing it from a, a position of a, of a childlike thought process and childlike emotions, even teenage emotions and thought processes, my gosh, the world was tough. It is. It is still tough. But my life isn't that bad. And I know how to change my life. And if it can't change, I know how to accept what I can't change. 
and be at peace with it. I know how to live in a way that is good enough. And really focus on the good things. I focus on the majors, not in the minors. And I want to be an agent of change. I want to be part of the adult process in our world, in our country, that changes things that need to be changed and should be changed. And doing them in a way that has less harm to people and actually might stick. So one of the things that I find really prevalent in my practice is that not only do we want to have pleasant feelings all the time, but we now feel entitled to having good feelings. I have to tell you, that's really dangerous. If you really want to have a miserable life, think like that and have that assumption and that expectation. See, we now have become afraid of our own emotions and we're afraid of the emotions of others because we haven't taught people good control, self-control. It's like, what do we tell children when they're growing up? Control your bodies, control your bodies, we say, right? We say, control your mouth, take a breath, go to your room, take a time out. But somehow as adults, we don't think that we need to do that anymore. One of the greatest things I can do for myself is know when I need to take a time out and know when I'm going to probably lose it and I'm not going to be proud of how I act. And so I know when I need to stop and I have the ability to do that. So we need to have emotions in order to experience our world and our life. But at the same time, we can't just have good feelings all the time. That would be heaven, and we are not there. So in fact, the more we try to control what, what feelings we have and want to have, the more negative feelings we're going to have. We need to not be afraid or angry at our feelings. We can't control necessarily what feeling comes up, but we can learn self-control. Feelings just occur. So if I could really control and pick what feelings I would feel, I'd be happy all the time. But guess what? If I'm willing to practice self-control and look at the bigger picture and recognize farther down the road what my actions right now are going to get me tomorrow and alter the way I speak, alter the way I think, alter the way I act, I'm going to get a much better result in your life all the way around. You'll be, truly. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hang in there with me as we talk more about feelings and what we can and cannot control. Welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. We are at the half hour, so we have a half hour more to go. And if you're just tuning in, you can go to my website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show in its entirety from your computer, or you can download it. You can also go to your favorite podcast server, just type in Conversations with Cynthia, and all the shows for years are there. And I'm so thankful for my assistants, Amy and Faith, who are so good about getting this stuff out and organizing it for me, because that's really... I'm able to do it, absolutely. I got to tell you, I'm able, but I really don't like doing it. So I'm so grateful for people that are good at that. So we are talking about the whole idea, again, 
of feelings are very real but not always true. This is what we help little kids with, right? Haven't you had a child that said to you, Mommy, you hate me? And you say, no, I don't hate you. And they're like, yes, you hate me, you hate me, you won't let me, whatever it is. Haven't you had teenagers that have meltdowns and saying, screaming, you hate me, you don't love me at all, you never let me do anything, right? And we as adults go, oh gosh, it's a feeling. It's a feeling. It might not necessarily and probably is not true. We're trying to get them through their teenage years and their toddler years safely enough to be an adult. But they may not understand that at the time and usually don't. And this is what you want to think about in parenting yourself. Who's running the show here? Am I adequately parenting myself by setting limits and boundaries, holding myself accountable for things, confronting myself when I need to be confronted, putting me in a timeout, grounding myself? I've done these things before, right? Am I being a good parent to myself so that the adult me shows up? Because people actually like the adult Cynthia much better than they're going to like me parenting them or me not controlling my inner child. This is imperative when you think about having a successful life, but it's really imperative for our world right now. And so our feelings are part of the survival mechanism in our brain. It's the left side of the it's the right side of the brain. It's where the, the amygdala lies. It's the fight, flight, or freeze part of, of our brain. And if you chronically live on that side of your brain, you are going to see everything as good or bad, dangerous or safe, pleasure or pain. So whenever you are in only the left side of your brain, everything is about survival. Everything is about feeling good. Everything is like I'm living as if this is my last day on earth. So it's important to understand that if I'm a person over the age of 24, that means my whole entire brain is available for me to use if I will use it. So I need to use the left side, which is cognitive, to help reason through all the emotions on the right side of my brain. And I need to take advantage of the prefrontal lobe, which is where judgment lies. This is where I can calm myself down and say, you know, I know you want to go off on that person, but you may not like the consequences for that. You may not like the outcome. Are you going to just give in to your emotions and lose it and hope everybody just, everyone, I guess, has to contend with it and deal with it? Or am I going to be my own manager, my own parent, my own adult, my own police officer, my own therapist, my own teacher, Right. Imagine if everybody on the planet that was over the age of 21 was a grown-up. Imagine what that would be like when we were trying to come to agreement on things or change things. So I want you to think about the power of, of growing up and that it is not easy and it is not fun all the time. And it, in many ways has part of the grief and loss process because you know what it means? It means that maybe I didn't get the childhood that I needed or wanted. And that would be a great majority of us. But I can't go back and get the one I wanted. So I can't, as an adult, try to get the childhood I wanted, needed, or thought that I was entitled to. The sooner that I become the adult that God has called me to be, the better my life is going to be and the better my impact on others will be. The more power I will have, the more respect I will have. This is why it's so important 
when we talked last time about don't hinder the little ones. Jesus said, don't stop the little ones from coming to me because he wanted to help them become the adults they needed to be. So we want to make sure that we don't hinder people from going to God. We don't hinder ourselves from going to God. That we recognize that really, he's, he's the big grown-up here. He's the adult. He keeps acting like an adult. Imagine if God had a temper tantrum. Well, I guess he did have one. That was probably the flood, right? With Noah's Ark. But imagine if we had a God that was temperamental and was constantly just losing it because he was so mad at everybody, which he has a right to be. I'm, this is not going well, I'm sure, sometimes. So think about this with you. You can be that one person that shows up as a grown-up, and even if nothing changes, at least you didn't contribute to the heartache and the mayhem. This is Cynthia High with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment, the last segment, on showing up as a grown-up. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much just for taking time to give something to yourself, to give something that helps you be the best version of you, helps you be able to contribute to our world and to the people that you love around you. And I appreciate so much your support and all your just accolades. I, I am so thankful that I get to help as many people as I do. So we're talking about relationships, we're talking about being a grown-up, we're talking about emotions and our feelings and how are we going to truly act as an adult. And I have to tell you that true adults have very deep feelings, very big feelings. The difference is they're able to contain them and make good choices about them. Everybody has feelings. I mean, I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. There have been times in my life when I just said, God, please, do I have to have all these feelings? I can't stand them. I had a lot of negative feelings at different points in my life. And so this is where we recognize that God really is the friend that sticks closer than a brother. He knows what it's like to be human. It killed him. He knows what it's like. It's tough down here. And one of the ways that we can make it easier on ourselves and those around us and the world in general is really being able to major in the minor, major in the majors and not majoring in the minors. Because the adult world is very gray. I wish it were black and white. There are very few things in our world that are black and white. And so I, I love what Dr. Seuss said. He has a quote that says, sometimes the questions are complicated, the answers are simple. So my most simple answer for you is you want a life that is pretty stress-free gives you lots of feelings of contentment, joy, lots of meaning, lots of, of, of virtue, lots of feelings of accomplishment, then just be a grown-up. Because that's not what little children can do in a grown-up world. So I appreciate that, that, uh, that quote, that sometimes questions are the complicated thing and the answers are the simple things. Now, absolutely, we can sometimes oversimplify very complex issues, but most of the time we complicate very simple things. It's just the simple things aren't necessarily easy. The simple things might not feel very good. 
So however they are simple things we can do, especially if we are, are constant, that we can really make our complex life work smoother and help to stop the complex things to being so complicated. So this is what we want to do. There are some basic principles that help us manage the world around us, that help us really continue to be an adult in all that we do. And that is we have appropriate expectations for others and for ourselves. Now, you, you may have high expectations on others and not on yourself. You may give yourself a pass and let yourself act out all the time. Or you may be the person that lets everybody lose it, everyone act out, everybody, it's mayhem, but you will, will really have high expectations on yourself. So what we want to think about is we want to have appropriate expectations on other people as well as ourselves. We don't want to have higher expectations on ourselves so that we are constantly failing. Because the more we fail ourselves and others and God, whatever that is, the more negative our internal world is going to be, the more we're going to complicate things, the less energy we will have to do the hard things that are going to cause us to have the good feelings. So we want to have appropriate expectations on others so that we don't constantly be let down and easily offended. Now, I know right now the world is quite offensive <laughs> and it, it's going to take us being adults to really control ourselves because a lot of people aren't. So we need to make sure that we are on our game, that we're not contributing to the mayhem. We are not contributing to all the bad feelings. We are not contributing to all the, the misunderstanding. That we are at the least just being decent. And so we learn to respect others. We've had so many shows about respecting gender differences and temperament differences and personality differences and recognizing the difference between, hey, they're just different than me or what they're doing is bad. See, just because people aren't like me doesn't mean that they're necessarily doing anything wrong. Just because I can't really connect with them doesn't mean there may be something, is, there's anything wrong with them. I have to have appropriate expectations and respecting how different people are than I am. And that their experience of the world is important to understand, to respect, and to honor. Even if I don't think it's true. See, and that's tough. Because I might want to talk somebody out of their experience, right? It doesn't work very well unless they want to be. Because if I try to talk someone out of their experience before they think I care about their experience, it's a disaster. So if you want to help someone change the way they think, you have to change the way they experience you. They have to feel safe with you, honored by you, loved by you, cared for by you in many ways, even if you don't agree. That's what adults do. Adults, you know, we say, hey, come let us reason together. That's what God says to us. So I can reason with a lot of people, and we can come to the, the end of the reasoning process and go, guess what? We sure enjoyed talking to each other, but we still feel the same way we felt when we started. <laughs> right? So it just depends. But really what happened even if we walked away disagreeing, we didn't walk away hurt, harmed, insulted, right? Scared, 
worried or more complicated and complex, right? This is what we want to think. We want to set and maintain healthy boundaries. See, if I know where I end and you begin, I'm going to control myself better because I'm only controlling me. I'm not trying to control you. Now, there's times, trust me, I would love to, but we really can only control animals and kiddos. It's very difficult to control adults without there being damage. So we're wanting to encourage people to use self-control. That always works better in our lives. We always get more respect, and we always have more personal power when we practice self-control. So we want to make sure that we know where the boundaries are. What can I really affect? What can I really change? Where do I end and that other person begins? And I have to be very careful that I don't invade that other person. So I want to make sure that I'm, I'm really trying to live peacefully in a world that is not necessarily peaceful. But I can be a peaceful person. Now, I am. I'm a very peaceful person. That doesn't always mean that, <laughs> that I'm happy. Doesn't always mean I agree with everything. I'm very capable of knowing when I'm going to, to confront something, when I will say no, when I will say yes, how, how much I will engage in a conversation so that I can continue to stay peaceful. I don't want to go to war with people. I really don't. The only time war is inevitable is if lives are being harmed. If there is harm, hurt, blood, broken bones, fire, right? These things, we need to do extraordinary measures and there will be a lot of collateral damage. What we want to try to do is not get there. We, won't, we don't want to have to go to war with people. So the more that we respect others, the more though that they also respect themselves. And they respect themselves enough to act like an adult and someone that they can be proud of. And this is hard to do in our world. It's hard. It's been hard since the beginning of time. This is not an easy place to live in. There's a lot of wonderful things about it, but it isn't necessarily easy. So this is when we are practicing having appropriate expectations. This means that that's the only way I can truly have intimacy with people. Is that I can overlook little things. Sometimes I even have to overlook egregious things. As long as they're working on it. And so this is part of understanding how I can show up as a grown-up and be who you need me to be without losing who I am. Without being somebody that I'm not. So when we look at this idea, you've heard me say this so often, be your own best version. Well, I want you to know God gave me that saying. It's now been 20 years ago. And the way that that came about, I actually was sitting in my car, and I can remember sitting behind the wheel, and this was coming to me about be your own best version. And I realized what God was saying to me was, I have a version of you that only you can do. Because you're a one-time occurring person. You're unique. No, you're not re replicatable. And so he's saying to me, you need to know who you are. What is natural to you, okay? 
because I have things that are natural to me, and some of those things are good things that I just naturally do. And there are some things that are natural to me that are not so good. <laughs> and so thankfully, I'm an adult, and I control some of those things that are natural to me to do that don't work out very well and are probably not very healthy. And I have to work hard on those sometimes, but that causes me to be a safer person to other people if I'm parenting myself then they can trust that I'm okay because I'm taking care of myself. And what a gift we give to people when we don't have to worry about them. So how do we do that? How do we be our own best version? Well, you have to understand that you're alive for a reason. And God has created you for a, a unique, very particular purpose. And he's weaving it into your creation. And he, he is weaving it into the creation of the world as a whole. That you're a part of it. And he did this for a reason. And I, I have told my story several times about kind of fighting with God when I said, you know, why did you make me like this? I don't want to be like this. I'd rather be like so-and-so or I want that or why did you give me this and not give me that? And one day God really, he's very, very, usually very nice to me because I'm quite sensitive, right? So you want to know what he said to me? He said to me, Romans 9.20. He said, who are you, O man, to talk back to God and say, why did you make me like this? So being the best version of you is taking responsibility for who you are. Good, bad, and indifferent. The things that God has given you, the way that he created you physically, to stop fighting with God about how he made you. And when you do that, the second thing in being your best version is affecting change in yourself and then in the world around you for positive. That I know that I can affect change in myself and in the world around me. And I take responsibility for how I can affect the world around me. It doesn't mean I'm trying to be perfect. It means that I'm trying to be sensitive to the fact that I will affect people that interact with me. And I'm not a little kid thinking I can act however I want. And the third thing that I want you to think about, pain is inevitable. The effective management of it is imperative. If you want to be who you were created to be, I want you to be a blessing to the world. That's why God made you. And you can only do it in your way. Nobody can bless the world or curse the world like you. There's a reason why you were created. There's a reason why you are in this time at this time. And you need to take hold of that and take responsibility for it. Because if you take responsibility just for you, imagine if everyone just took responsibility for themselves. What our world would be like. Amazing. So thank you so much for listening. I appreciate that that you listen to this show, this, uh, and this show in particular, because this isn't always an easy one. But I really am glad that you were created, and I want you to enjoy what God has made in you. So God bless you. Have a wonderful week, and really, truly be the best version of you. To hear today's program again or to share it with someone else, please go to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A. 
A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Follow Cynthia on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and iTunes. Until next time, remember, be your own best version.